Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Kushlash in Vegas, the podcast. I am your host, Taylor Kusha, a.k.a. Kushlash. As you guys know, we're on SoundCloud at Kushlash in Vegas, and my thread on 2 plus 2 is Kushlash in Vegas, TLDR. You can PM me there under my handle, Kushlash, and you can post in the thread any questions, comments, whatever. So I've, again, received a lot of feedback in the thread regarding my job searching thing and so i really appreciate that I really appreciate people uh putting in their input as far as that goes so with that i'm going to get right into the episode and the first thing i want to talk about is game selection and the reason i'm talking about that is because i had a pretty monster win the other day and and i attribute some of it to game selection obviously not all of it because i mean between between all the games I played, I, I won like 600 big blinds, and that's a ton. And there's no way to do that without being on the right side of variance. But I was also really happy with my game selection. And so what happened was I got to the win, and there were two two five games going, one main game and a must move. And the must move was was reasonable. It wasn't great, but it was reasonable. And I got into the main game, and it was terrible. There were at least six other winning regs at the table and the other two guys were just kind of were just kind of you know whatever like they're playing tight enough to to beat the rake and so it just was a useless game to be in but and and sometimes and the must move game uh the the people who were worth playing against in that game had more or less busted out or left so the must move it, it wasn't looking any better you know even if we lost a player or two the people we were getting would still not make the game even playable uh for me and in my opinion so a lot of times i would just leave but i hadn't been there very long and i had something to do uh, you know, I had planned my session so that I'd be ending it, and then I had somewhere else to go after that. That was kind of near the strip, so I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna drive home and then drive back. So I just got up and played one three for a little while, and the one three games are almost always worth playing in from like a big blind per hour standpoint. So, and and I went over to a one three game where I am one hundred percent confident that my win rate in dollars at the one three game was higher than what it was at that two five game so i went there and i planned to just play the you know play a few hours at one three and and wait it out and so i was actually only there for about 15 or 20 minutes and they started uh they started a, a, another two five game they started a third game and so it was about 20 it was about 20 minutes i was there at the at the one three game and so i went up to the to the desk and said you know, I wasn't on the list because there's a rule that I think the rule is an hour. You can't go back on the list if you've been, if you left the two five game only an hour ago. And, you know, cause some, some people will try to angle this and it kind of looked like I tried to angle for it, but I, I honestly did not. So I went up to the desk and I said, is there open seats at the new two five game? And the, 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 the desk guy said, yeah, there's an open seat. And I said, can I take it? I left the 2-5 game, you know, 20, 30 minutes ago. And and so I was I, I was wondering if if I could even if I would even be allowed to take the seat or if I had to wait for, you know, another half hour or so. And he said, Yeah, I mean it's an open seat, so you can take it. You just have to go back with the amount that you left the game with previously. And so it wasn't a big deal. I mean I had to put I had to put it 
you know, 1600 instead of 1500 on the table. And, and, and so I, I did that. So I went over to the two five game and it was, there was a couple of well-known spots in the game and, and just, I, I ran really good. You know, the first hand I, I stacked one of the short stacks of the table, you know, he only had 200 bucks, but I mean, still just, you know, picked up Kings against whatever else he had. I'm not sure. I didn't see it, but just, just got incredibly lucky, but also, uh, I got incredibly lucky because I put myself in, in partially because I put myself in spots to to be in good games, and I don't think that's talked about enough. Now, uh, I'm not. I, I mean, how much of that win is attributed to 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 variance? Almost all of it. You know, 95% of what happens on a day to day basis is variance, but but in the long run, as long as you can sit in good games that's what's gonna that's what's gonna help you so it was it was cool to get that kind of immediate positive reinforcement even though I realized that most of it was a result of me being on the right side of variance it was it was just a good feeling to have that because I've definitely been on the other side of it I've definitely like made table changes I thought were right and gotten and gotten crushed and you still have to feel good about making what you thought was the right table change or the right seat change and and just emphasize emphasize that but it's nonetheless it's it's you can't help but you can't help but feel a little bit of extra satisfaction when you make that decision and are immediately rewarded so so that's just one of the ways that i that i wanted to that i wanted to discuss game selection and and then uh, again the, the other day i got to i got to a main game and it was it was awful so i just left and and played one three again and you know i didn't have the same i didn't have the same immediate um you know go back to two five because they opened another table but i just went and played in a good one three game for a little while and and that's and that i think that was the best decision so and there was no there was no big win or anything like that but it was just it was it was just again using your using your your observation skills to figure out you know that one three game even though it's a smaller stake is going to yield a higher a higher return so the next thing i want to talk about is kind of a a fun thing actually i went to red rock casino and just i was going to a movie with my girlfriend and i remembered that i get all these mailers because i'm part of the you know just you know i have a player's card at, at red rock at stations casinos and because I play poker there every once in a while, I mean, a couple times a year, they send these mailers that have coupons for, for whatever. Usually I just throw them out because it's just, I don't go there very often. But I noticed on the last one that there was a match play coupon in there. And it was for a table game. So it's a $15 match play. So how it works is, and I had to figure this out because, I mean, I kind of intuitively could understand what the what what it meant. But so how it works is, you have the coupon and you have to put up at least $15 or I guess if I could put up five or 10 or whatever, uh, but then I'd only get that much match play. So, so I put up 15 bucks of my own money and then I got, and the coupon basically means that the casino is matching my bet. So the, so I'm risking $15 and the casino is doubling it. So essentially I'm making a $30 bet, but only risking $15. And so I did this as just a normal blackjack table and the the other players were were probably a little bit annoyed 
just because, you know, they're just, they want to keep going, keep gambling. And I'm kind of holding up their game a little bit. And so, so what ends up happening is if I win the bet, I win 30 bucks, but if I lose, I only lose 15. So even though I'm not an expert at blackjack by, I, there's, I'm not even close. I, I don't even know basic strategy. I kind of have half an idea. So everybody knows that the house has a, has small advantage on the player in, in any game, at least a small advantage. And so let's just say that the house has like a a 2% advantage in you and blackjack. If you play perfect basic strategy, that, that means that you're going to win, you know, it's going to, you're going to get paid back 98% of, of what you put in. So I don't play perfect basic strategy. So let's say that I have 45% chance to win the bet. That means that 45% of the time I win 30 bucks, 55% of the time I lose 15 bucks, it comes out to about $7 in EV. Uh, if it was perfectly equal, if, if, we, if it was a 50-50 shot, my EV in the, using the, the coupon would be $7.50. But, so, but because the house has an inherent advantage and I don't play perfect basic strategy and I'm not going to bother to learn to play one hand... That means that I'm going to end up with slightly less. But even if I just even even if I just using the knowledge that I know, I, there's no way it's not a plus EV bet. So and it's just for fun, just for shits and giggles. So I go to the blackjack table, sit sit down, say, "How does this work?" And so he he explains this to me as I've explained it to you. And so, and so I get dealt I get dealt two sixes, so I have twelve, and. And the dealer has a three showing. And I don't really know what to do in this position. Because I know that if the dealer had like a five or something like that, it would be a, you'd probably stand. And for those of you who know blackjack strategy, you're probably cringing right now because, because I'm spouting this like nonsense. This is probably how it sound, how it feels when, when people try to talk poker at the table when, and when I hear it. So so bear with me but so i wasn't sure and and the guy said okay it got to me and he goes okay what do you want to do and i i was kind of on the fence and i didn't know and so i was like ah, i hit and he's like are you sure and i looked around the table and i knew this wasn't going to go over well or i thought it wasn't going to go over well i was like what do you guys think i should do and the the dealers said well you should split them or stay but don't hit like you're not supposed to hit. I'm showing a three. Yeah. Yeah. I was clearly a new player. So the casino is, is willing to give a little bit of direction, which I understand as a new player, they're going to give you a little bit of direction, but I was surprised that they did since I was using a match play coupon. So anyways, they convinced me, uh, you should stay or split them. I didn't want to split them. Uh, I just wanted to make the one bet. So I just said, okay, stay. And, then, you know, the next player next to me had, had 11, so they obviously doubled down. And then the dealer flips over the three. There's a two there, and then a two, and then a four, and then a six, and then a jack. I think that's how it went. Uh, that might not be right, but it, it was a bunch of little card, little card, little card, and then a jack. And I wasn't quick enough to add them up in my head, but I knew when the jack hit, I said, there's way too many cards there for that to be only 21. There's no ace. So I I was like, I think I won. And he goes, yep. And this pays 30. And he gave me 30 plus the 15 back. And, 
and I walked the fuck away. <laughs> and I'm sure, and I held up the game, like, while that one hand was being dealt, they probably could have dealt two hands if I had not shown up. So I probably cost them a hand and a little bit of annoyance because I, I, I won the bet and... And if I had not won the bet, what the guy, the dealer did was he flashed me when he dealt the next player who, the next player had doubled down. And when he flashed that next card, it was a face card. And he said, see, you would have lost. And I, and so, so I ended up winning 30 bucks instead of losing 15. And I was like, all right, I'm leaving. Good. And let's go. So I was out of there. Um, but anyways, that's just kind of a fun, a fun thing that I wanted to, that I wanted to bring up. And it was, it was interesting being on the other side of, you know, when I see new players sit down at the table, I, they stick out like a sore thumb and, and I, I under, I guess I understand how they feel now coming into the game, being totally new, feeling stupid for asking questions and not wanting to piss anybody off because people have money on the line and things like that. And so it's just interesting being on that side of things. So kind of dovetailing with that is when I was at the table yesterday, a guy who was sitting there, he's pretty clearly pretty new to poker, but not so great. Like he knew kind he knew what was going on. He'd played before, but I mean, he had the sunglasses on. He was, he, he very clearly, uh, was, was motivated by having seen something on TV or whatever. And so that's why he wanted to play. And, but he was, he was still, he was still clearly, you know, had, had some shaky legs for sure. And I could, I, I was watching a hand and he, he bet the flop and then somebody else led into him big on the turn. And he kind of got a little bit frustrated visibly and flipped over King Queen. He had top pair with, there's a queen high board and he goes, all right, I'll, I'll fold. I'll give it to you. You know, I don't know what else to do. And what is often the case with new players that sit down, they get into a hand that frustrates them and they, and they ask people around them, Oh, what would you do? Would you have, would you have called there? Would you have called there? And, and I obviously never want to answer this question, but I also don't, you know, I'm not going to get into a strategy conversation at the table, but I'm also not interested in being rude. You know, I'm not interested in being and saying, uh, fuck you, man. I'm not going to tell you what I would do or whatever. So my, my usual, usually what I say is, Oh dude, I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention. I was looking at my phone. So, but, but that doesn't work sometimes because then the guy said, Oh, well I had King queen and then I raised and that guy called and, and proceeds to tell me the entire hand history and then said, well, now what do you do? What would you do? And I said, I said, you know, I don't know. It, it, it just depends on the, I mean, I guess it depends on the guy. I don't know how he's playing. Just trying to dodge the question in any in any way I can, and the guy who the hand was against finally said, finally just to get the guy to kind of stop talking, said said I'll I'll, let, I'll make you feel better. It was a good fold. It was a good fold. And the guy's like, oh really? Good. Uh, okay. And so then the guy, you know, ten minutes later says to me, uh, it's, it's hard hard fold, right? You know, what do you think? And I'm just I just said, well, he told you you made the right fold. So what else do you want me to say? And so he's like, oh, you know, I'm just asking you, I'm just asking you because, you know, you seem like you play a lot. And I, and I said, well, I'm very unlikely to give advice on a poker hand while at the poker table. Like it, I, I wanted, I, I tried my best to dodge the question as many times as I could. Finally, I just said, you know, in a nice way, I just said, you know, I'm, I'm just very unlikely to discuss 
what I would do at a poker hand while I'm at the poker table. And, and so, so I guess the main point of that story is twofold. If you're, if you're one of the experienced players, don't be a dick to those players because you want them to stay in the game, even though they're trying to win for a while and maybe forever, they're not going to win. So be nice to them and encourage them to, to still play. And secondly, if you are new to the game, those aren't questions you should be asking at the table. You should you should be finding people away from the table to talk strategy with and and finding finding resources online or or books or whatever. But asking a player next to you after a hand went down what they would do is not the best way to go about things, in my opinion. So uh, that is that is all I really wanted to say on that topic. And lastly, I got a PM from a from a po- another poster on two plus two who who I guess heard about my thread through through some somebody else's postings or I guess he has a thread in in LVL also. And just because I don't want to, I don't want to out people. Not that there's anything to out. I mean, it was it, it seemed like a really nice guy. But you just just in case people don't want to mention names and screen names or whatever, I won't I won't mention his screen name. If he wants to and he hears and you hear this, you, you know, feel free to 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 present yourself, I guess. But I'm not going to do that. But but he he had posted or he had PM'd me and asked me to to meet up with them and just somebody had recommended that that he he seek me out and and so I I had a I had a chat with him a little bit at the win just for a few minutes. Um, I wasn't exactly sure what he was looking to get out of it. Just, I guess, talking to somebody who's, who's been playing poker for a long time. I, 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 I was probably not the best person for him to talk to because he's starting out and trying to make it as, as a professional poker player and make money in Vegas and make a living doing it. And I'm kind of phasing it out. So I might not have been the best person to talk to from a motivational standpoint, but you know, I, I tried to resist the temptation to tell him what I really wanted to tell him, which was, and this has nothing to do with him personally, but just don't, don't do this. You know, if you have an avenue to do something else, I would highly recommend keeping poker as your hobby, hopefully a lucrative hobby, or at least a profitable hobby and doing it on the side, you know, but I, I didn't do that. And because at the same time as I feel encouraging people to to take their shot is counterproductive and probably negative for them, probably going to end up in a negative result. If somebody already wants to like, so by that, I mean, I'm not going to try to convince somebody, oh, you should do poker as much as I think that's a bad idea. I also think it's a bad idea if somebody has their heart set on it and has and is working towards something to discourage them from taking a shot, especially because I took a shot myself and this is what I did. So it'd be somewhat hypocritical. And even though, even though I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm working my way out, I don't regret it at all. I think it was a great decision for me to, to play poker for a living. I learned a lot about myself and life and, and, and whatever. So, you know, I wasn't going to say, dude, don't do it. Don't do it. So what I told him was just to have realistic expectations and realize that in, it's it's very, very likely that you are not going to get rich playing poker. 
and that it's a really hard thing to do. The games get the games are continuously getting harder, and that's for a lot of reasons. The players are getting better. The bad players are fewer and farther between, and they're not as bad as they used to be. And the rake is getting higher. I think I think the rake going up is one of the is one of the biggest reasons why live poker may become unbeatable for a livable wage because it's going up and it's going up a little bit so it's okay still now but you know they could possibly go up high enough that it's not going to be beatable for a livable wage so anyways that's that's kind of a, a a separate topic but basically what i said was just have realistic expectations about what poker is and realize that it's not it's not a retire thing. It's a, it's, it's kind of a, you know, like I always preach, it's a, it's a, it's a tool and it's a good vehicle to use for the short term. And I, I implore you to take your shot and, and I'm, I'm not going to discourage that. So, but, but don't, don't think poker is a long-term thing. That's, that's basically what I wanted to say. So I thought maybe that might be helpful for some, for those of you out there that want to take a shot. If you want to take a shot, I, I, you know, I don't disparage that at all. If you want to take your shot, because I know that if I had listened to the people who told me when I, before I moved out here, before I decided to do, you know, the professional poker thing, if I had listened to them and continued on, you know, whatever path of getting a, a nine to five corporate job or whatever, which ironically enough, I'm looking into now, if I would have done that and not taken my shot, for the rest of my life, I would have I would have had to wonder what could have happened, what might have happened, and yeah, nothing nothing incredible you know happened. I didn't win millions of dollars or anything, but now I know what it's about. Now I know I know what the life is like. I know I know how to I know how to manage myself as a as a as a professional poker player, and and I think that's valuable. So so like I said, if you're willing, if you want to take a shot, if you truly want to take a shot, I'm not going to discourage you from doing it. I think it's a bad idea, but I'm not going to discourage you from doing it, but just have realistic expectations and, and, you know, just manage yourself, manage yourself. Well, the number one, you know, one of the, one of the most important things is just to play enough, play enough volume. That's probably the, that's probably the number one thing. If you do that right, then then the rest of it uh, more or less takes care of itself. Obviously, that's not that simple. But so that's all I wanted to say about that. And the last thing I have, I think I said that already about the the last topic, but this is actually the last thing this time, is kind of going along with me not doing poker anymore, uh, at least not having my, my, my heart into it. And I'm just kind of doing it for the money while I find something else. I, I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast with Arian Foster. I, I, I'm a big fan of Joe Rogan podcasts and Arian Foster was on there and I, I made a point to listen to that one because I know he was pretty outspoken about the NCAA being pretty crooked with, with how they deal with what they call amateur athletes, even though they're making millions of dollars on those athletes. And he was, he had a spot in a, in a, document a great documentary about about that that topic called the price of college sports it should be on netflix i watched it on netflix i don't know if it still is if you're interested in that type of thing but one of the things he was talking about and you know why he left football there was obviously the 
the stuff that's coming out with head injuries and and potentially causing long-term damage and things like that. And so that's that was obviously a big part of why he wanted to leave. You know, he said, I'm still healthy and I'd like to remain that way for my whole life. But also part of it was he said he just fell out of love with the game. The game that he spent his entire life from the from I think he said he started playing at six or seven years old and he spent all this time playing and he, you know, over 20 years and, and his life was committed to football. And he said he just fell out of love with the game. And that is something that I struggled with when I, I, I don't feel bad about it anymore. But a couple of years ago when I started started having those feelings about poker, I would feel bad because, man, poker was my dream. And and I I thought about it 24-7. And, and I really wanted to make the professional poker thing work. That It was my thing. And... And so I felt really bad that I didn't like it anymore. Not only did I not love it anymore, I just didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it anymore at all. And at least playing it, uh, you know, I didn't enjoy the grind. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the game still. I enjoyed aspects of the game, but I did not enjoy the grind. I did not enjoy the process anymore. And, and I felt really bad about that because I thought, man, I must have done something that just I, somewhere along the way I ruined my dream. I ruined this thing that I loved. And and so hearing him say that about football, it just kind of it just kind of I, I could relate to that and I put it in perspective and and said, you know, if I had listened to that 2 years ago, it would have been a way for me to say, okay, you know, it's okay that I don't love this thing that I used to love, you know? Something happened. I made it my job, which which was probably the first mistake and and which means that going forward there's a definite possibility that if I start doing something else for my job and no longer need the money from poker, that I might love poker again. It might become super fun again when I can play and uh, there's like a part of me, like I'm, the way I'm wired is I can't, I can't play if I don't think I'm going to win. I can't play, just splash around and gamble, but it would, you know, maybe I'll be able to play and not have to stress about every little dollar of EV because in the end, if I make $40 an hour instead of 50, it doesn't matter if it's just fun money, you know? And if it's, if it, if it makes my life, if it makes poker 90% more fun to, to just kind of chill and, and make $40 an hour versus being full blast to make $50 an hour, then that's all, then that's awesome. Then instead of poker being kind of a grind, it could be fun again. So, so it just kind of, it just kind of the hearing that from, from, from Aaron Foster kind of made me think like, okay, it's okay that this thing isn't fun anymore. Like that's, there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing that I did. It just, it, you know, that's just kind of what happens and it's, and it's okay. And even though it seems like that's going to be, even though it seems like this is some permanent thing that's going to affect you the rest of your life, you know, in 10 years, I'm probably going to be like, oh yeah, that poker thing, you know? So, so just kind of put things in perspective and, and made me think about it a little bit more. And, and just, I just really, that point that he made just really resonated with me of, you know, I just, I fell out of love with the game and, and that's okay. So 
Anyways, that's it for today's episode of Kushlash in Vegas, the podcast. Again, I am your host, Taylor Kusha, a.k.a. Kushlash. If you guys have, if you guys have any questions, go ahead, post them up in my thread. That's Kushlash in Vegas, TLDR, on the Las Vegas lifestyle forum of 2 plus 2. And with that, I hope you guys all have a wonderful day and peace out.